This is CliffCentral.com. Law, like you've never heard it before. The Laws of Life with Gary Hertzberg on CliffCentral.com. I'm Gary Hertzberg, and this is The Laws of Life on CliffCentral.com. Alongside me today, Lionel Makoka-Kleller. Welcome, Lions. Jumela Gary and Jumela Podcasters, and thank you very much for having me. Lions, today we have a further show in a series in which we aim to increase awareness of the role and responsibilities of the Attorney's Fidelity Fund. Interesting. Who yeah. are they? Well, there you go. When you use the services of an attorney, you have the right to do so with trust and goodwill. I mean, we all know that. You're doing your articles with a, with a firm of attorneys. Uh, you want to know that... Uh, person you're dealing with is not going to run off with your money. True that. The question is what happens if the attorney you trust steals your money which he holds in trust uh, in his trust account? Um, in that case, it's the attorney's fidelity fund that will protect you against the loss and help you recover what's being taken from you. Wow. In studio today, we have Jan de Beer, who's the risk management executive of the Attorney's Fidelity Fund. A big welcome to you. You've been with us before. Many thanks, Jan. Thank you, Gary. Jan, today we're going to be talking about risk management. Yes, um, it is It is quite a broad uh, subject. Um, it's got different angles to it as well um, in terms of risk management within within the fund itself. Yes. But also very much uh, concern from the fund side is the extent of risks being managed within an attorney's practice yes. uh, because that's got a direct impact on, on how we perceive certain risks within, within the fund itself in terms of where – um, specifically theft risks originate, but also in terms of uh, the attorney's insurance indemnity fund, of course, where there are any risks of uh, negligence arising out of an attorney's practice, which will then, of course, negatively impact um, us uh, as such. There are, <clears throat> there are many attorneys that listen to this program, candidate attorneys, legal students. This is very important to them that they know exactly how to manage the risk. So maybe take us through, Jan, uh, let me take question uh, one is really what is risk why why is risk management so important well if if one looks at in terms of risk management um, in in view of an attorney's practice um, there is currently a a an extent of compliance relating to to risk management as it relates to the accounting rules uh, for the profession mm-hmm. uh, where there is a specific requirement placed on an attorney to really develop and implement and maintain uh, internal controls in respect of the risks that they've identified in their practices. Um, and and behind that, considering the, the approach from a rule point of view, is very much ensuring that if there are any any risks that or anything that poses a risk to the practitioner but also to their clients that there is a responsibility on that practitioner to make sure that that risk is mitigated to the extent that it's practical to do that um, that that would then make sure that um, both the practitioner um, their staff the professional staff and also the client to a large extent remains protected if 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 in that practice uh, everybody is vigilant in respect of how they, they, they manage risk um, in, in those specific environments. Jan, give us some examples of what attorneys should be vigilant uh, with and uh, what we should take note of. Yeah. Uh, 
It, it, it is wide. Uh, our focus, of course, specifically relates to the specific environment of an attorney's trust account. Mm. So all your financial controls in terms of how you're receiving money and also specifically how you actually discharge money, how you pay it out mm. and the checks and balances that are required in terms of how you actually affect those payments becomes critical. We see numerous instances, for example, where uh, monies unfortunately ends up in, in, in incorrect bank accounts, um, whether they've been subjected to, to a fraud or a scam um, or whether it's pure theft uh, even by, by staff members of, of the practitioner. Mm-hmm. Um, and with the necessary controls and awareness from a risk point of view and, and making sure that those controls are properly implemented and they're working properly goes a long way in terms of mitigating those, those risks. Um, and by, by doing that, you also then go and make sure that your client is then appropriately protected as well because you make sure that you actually do the right thing consistently. Um, in, in, in that, the, a lot of the rules relate specifically in terms of extent of minimum controls from an accounting point of view that you would like to see in a uh, attorney's practice, but it's not necessarily comprehensive. Yes. There's a lot more things that uh, a practitioner can do to make sure that they, that they protect it. The rules are only there to really set a, 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 a regulatory guideline in terms of, um, from a compliance point of view and, and really sets the minimum hold or the lowest hurdle um, to ensure that, that that things are running correctly within that practice as such. There, Jan, there are many attorneys that leave the running of the practice to their staff. Um, I, I know that uh, we've had cases of attorneys who, who've had money taken out of the trust account by conveyancing members and accountants and bookkeepers. That's one of the things, one of the risks that uh, they've got to consider very carefully. Absolutely, and 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 uh, the, the important thing is is that even though they do trust the running of those uh, practices or making sure that those processes and procedures are executed and it resides with with, with with staff members, it still remains the responsibility of the practitioner. They cannot walk away from that responsibility, and that's why how they need to manage that risk becomes important because then you start talking about. That person that I've entrusted this responsibility to, um, are they actually equipped to do that? Have they got the skills to do that? Mm. Um, have you performed the correct checks and balances or the background checks when you actually employ this person? Um, and even to, to the extent that we, we see in a lot of instances where um, a lot of those key staff, for example, would not go on leave uh, or don't want to go on leave. Yeah. And immediately those are basic warning signs that tells you that there might be something untoward. Um, but then again, you find that those practitioners are so reliant on those staff to make sure that their offices are running on a day-to-day basis. Yeah. Um, and they don't necessarily have the luxury of bringing in additional resources or ability to, to pay for that as well. Um, that, that makes that the risk environment even, even worse. Uh, for that practitioner and they should be aware of that which means that they need to be paying much more attention to the detail of the transactions that are occurring and that is actually in in fact happening correctly Um, so it, 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 it makes it more onerous for that practitioner but it's more important for them to actually be involved in all of those decisions rather than just to leave it to your, to your staff members because you are carrying the responsibility. Mm-hmm. What about training for attorneys? Is there risk management training that's offered? As part of the, the 
um, lead responsibilities in terms of where they involve in the, the practice management training. Um, as a the risk management team of the fund has now actually concluded um, a improvement to the to the risk management module of practice management training to at least try provide to practitioners um, uh, a guideline in terms of how they should go about from a framework point of view manage risk in the environment. It's very difficult to explain to a person um, in terms of how you want to deal with, with risk management in your practice um, if you don't cre- create them a, a framework or environment in which they can do that and mm-hmm. understand the basic principles and concepts of risk management before you jump into the detail in terms of these are the, all the problems that you're going to incur and how you can potentially mitigate that. But you need to create structure to how you want to manage risks in those environments. And that becomes important then from a training point of view in terms of how we're improving um, the content of that. Um, and it will continue to improve um, as, as, as we um, – Remain involved with, with the lead, with lead specifically and how we want to, to make sure that practitioners are properly equipped in de- dealing with that. Yeah, and I think the public is always affronted or upset when they hear that attorneys have run off with, with trust monies. It's, it's horrible for the profession, horrible for me as an attorney. What, I mean, is this incre- on the increase or what's going on out there at the moment? We, we do, do see increases in respect of, of, of the risk that we're faced with, um, but there's a lot of underlying reasons to it as well. Um, if one say it, it's potentially a specific type of transaction that, that is causing the risk, um, yes, we know that the, the biggest risk that we're faced with in terms of, of, of theft are related to uh, property transactions or conveyancing transactions, mm. um, but it's also as a result of the fact that the biggest portion of the money that lies in attorney's trust accounts does relate to property transactions. Yes. Um, so you almost got a more of an even distribution in terms of how you look at the makeup of your various types of trust monies and you also look at the, the, the makeup of, of the, the, or the composition of the, the, the type of transactions in, in respect of which uh, the theft occurred. So it's more of not, not being the problem of the, of the transaction, but it's more of the the practitioner or their staff that utilizes the opportunity that there are funds available in an attorney's trust account that is easily accept, accessible, specifically if there's not a lot of uh, controls uh, in that environment, then creates the opportunity for that practitioner or that um, staff member to actually um, perpetrate the theft. Yes. Um, one can do a lot of things in terms of improving risk and controls around specific type of transactions, um, like conveyancing transactions. Um, but in that, it also requires a significant uh, mind of change in the mind of the practitioner in terms of how they should be conducting those transactions. Um, and, 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 and that's where a lot of the, the, the debates uh, are taking place at the moment as well in terms of how do we, how do we improve those environments? How do we take a lot of the risk out of, out of those transactions to, to install confidence back um, with the public in terms of utilizing legal services and making and, and be confident that their money is in fact properly protected. Yeah, and I know we've dealt with this one before, but I think that we need drum it in. People believe that any money left in an attorney's trust account is covered, and if it gets taken by an attorney wrongfully, the Fidelity Fund covers that. I think you need to clear that one up. It's very, very important, this one, because I speak to a lot of people and they, I say, do you know? And they say, we didn't know. 
please clear it up? Sure, I, w- yeah. I would. I would clear that up, and it's very much also contained in in our legislation as well. Um, the the first point is that if we talk about any money in attorney's trust account being covered, that is not hundred percent correct. Mm. First of all, there must be a proper underlying legal transaction to have taken place. The money cannot just lie there for any purpose at all, um, other than for a proper legal transaction. Um, and even if those legal transactions has been concluded um, and it remains in the attorney's trust account, it also doesn't mean it's automatically protected because yeah. there is potentially a change in mandate in respect of the handling of those monies. Yeah. Give you some examples. Um, if you, for example, look at a property transaction, those monies that are entrusted to that attorney in terms of dealing with that property transaction, that will be properly covered. But as soon as that transaction comes to an end, and the, uh, the client or a member of the public says, but sorry, I don't know really what to do with the money immediately. Just keep it in your trust account until I want to, to go and make. An and invest it for me. And invest it for me. Mm. That will not be covered by the fund because mm. there is no underlying legal transaction. Also in terms of pure investments, if you go to your attorney and say, just invest these monies on my behalf, it will not be covered by, by the fund at all. Again, there's no underlying legal transaction. So the moment the the conveyancing matter is completed, the transferring attorney is holding the money. From that moment on, if you leave it with the attorney for him to invest it for you, put it in a bank, whatever, and he runs off with it, you are not covered. Lions, you you, you know this one as well. Yeah, but it's quite interesting and fascinating. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's quite scary in a way because the public doesn't know that. They don't know that all of a sudden there's a switch. And uh, we're not covered from now on, but we were covered when it was a conveyancing matter, and we're not covered now that it's a, an investment, really. That, that's why I also stress that those monies should be paid out as soon as possible after the conclusion of the transaction. Yeah. There's no reason for the attorney to hold on those, onto those monies, yeah. um, because that would lead to a change in mandate, most definitely. Yeah. Uh, Once again, Jan, it's been a fascinating discussion with you, as always. Is there anything, we have a minute or so, anything you want to... Add to the discussion, or have we covered most of it? I think we covered we covered a lot of it. Um, I think from from uh, a practitioner point of view, I would like to emphasise that it's important that that practitioners do recognise the risks within their practices, mm. um, and don't don't see that as necessary just a compliance issue, but understand that risk management can be a significant benefit to you as well. It gives you proper and overall oversight over what's happening in your practice. And also how you need to deal with certain things and that you're prepared if certain events occur, how you should be handling and dealing with that as well. Um, so don't see it as just a compliance issue and a thing that you must do. There's specific benefits in terms of doing that because by doing that, you also instill a lot of confidence back to your customers uh, and your consume and the consumers out yeah, there. Yeah, I think well. to all of our attorney friends out there, if you need any assistance, please phone the Attorney's Fidelity Fund. They're in Cape Town and uh, Joburg. Jan comes from the Centurion office. That is correct. Um, Jan, uh, it's been great. And uh, you're you there to help uh, attorneys, or where, where do can they speak to your uh, your your office? I, f- I think if there if there are questions, yeah. most definitely. Yeah. Um, in terms of of clarifying certain positions, mm. um, and and uh, if there's any any guidance that are needed, we we more than welcome to to engage with practitioners in terms of questions that I might have or clarity that they might uh, require. Um, 
because it's in our interest to make sure that those practices are running um, properly. Um, And if if there are any gaps in in terms of how they're managing risks, it could potentially end up with them. But it's also got greater devastating consequences to, to them as well. Um, it could mean that that uh, their practices will not exist the next day if they are Absolutely. serious breaches. Absolutely. Be very hmm. careful. Many thanks to you, Jan de Beer, and uh, we'll talk to you again. And to our listeners, many thanks to you, Lions. Cheers for now. Thank you. Law, like you've never heard it before. The Laws of Life with Gary Hertzberg on cliffcentral.com. This is cliffcentral.com.